On this episode of the podcast, I was delighted to be joined by Cecilia, CBO, and Susanna, Director of Intelligent Automation in the Nordic region. Having the perspective from both business and engineering heads, it gives us an insight into the dynamics at Reboyo and how we work together from different backgrounds to solve problems for our clients. We discuss the growth of the Nordic region while also challenging each other on the key trends that we believe will come to the forefront in our industry. The episode is also filled with great stories and learnings from the past, so I hope you all enjoy. Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the All Access Automation Podcast. Today I am delighted to be joined by Cecilia and Susanna, CPO and Director of Intelligent Automation. Exactly. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks okay. a lot. Thank you. Thanks you for having on? us. All good? All good, all good. Yeah. Definitely. We're well, sitting in Barcelona, which I, I think is, you know. It could I, be worse. It could be worse. Exactly. Yeah. It could be really worse. Yeah. And of course we're here for All Eyes and Automation this week. Oh going to be amazing yeah can't yeah. wait it starts tomorrow mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, you did you come in this morning or yesterday yesterday actually. okay yeah yeah and a few meetings today and then getting ready for tomorrow for the big day exactly good stuff mm-hmm. meeting good stuff. all the interesting people you know we get lots of, of folks down here so it's i think it's going to be great and you were both at it last year as well in in Nuremberg? i was not no. i was on maternity leave so ah, okay okay i was actually not participating mm. in. I was there. Yeah. I can tell you everything. There's even videos, I'm sure, on our LinkedIn okay. about yeah, all yeah. the amazing times we had. No, honestly, yeah, I was there last year. So that's why I'm super psyched about tomorrow. Um, it was a really good event, actually, in, in the sense that all our clients were talking about, you know, what's really most important to them, yeah. you know, like what, what, what hurts, what didn't work, what could we have done better what what are we most proud of and mm-hmm. you know when you go into that type of depth then it just becomes really interesting yeah so yeah tomorrow tomorrow mm-hmm. and thursday is actually two oh, days so to not not to forget yeah mm-hmm. very good looking mm-hmm. forward to it but anyway plenty to talk about today um obviously both of you coming from uh, a business background and a and a more technical and, and engineering background we're going to discuss the the dynamics between that um, obviously, both of you are based in the Nordics as well, so we'll talk about the kind of growth um, within that region and the journey that you've been on. Um, and then we'll talk a bit about the trends for the future and what you kind of see as emerging technologies or emerging trends, either in the Nordic region and, and globally as well. But I suppose just to kind of kick it off, it's great to get a bit of information, a bit of insight into your own careers and, and your journey towards your bio. I'll start with yourself, Cecilia, if you want to give a bit of a, a bit of a background. Sure, sure. Um, how did I end up here? Um, I started business, actually, if mm-hmm. we start back then, and I quickly realized um, I wanted to do other things. Um, got a master in international business, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but quite quickly, I actually went into tech straight after uni. So I've been both in the sales field, um, working mm. a lot with uh, ERP systems, BI systems, um, and, and selling and implementing that to clients. Um, I've worked also with supply chain processes because, you know, as we all know, when we're trying to buy or sell something, that's exactly. very, very important to optimize. And before I ended up in Roboyo, um, I actually changed uh, or got the opportunity to dive even deeper into tech. So 
you know, business background, but I got the opportunity to become a developer. Mm-hmm. Um, low code, though, so for, I know that Susanna is actually watching me right now with a small <laughs> a sm- a smile on her face. So not actual development, guys, fine. It, it was low code. Um, but yeah, so I, I was actually a developer for um, a local platform, a, a Nordic one, and creating applications for clients. Very so good. all kinds of clients, actually, large and small, and um, and that, in a sense, uh, also caught my interest when it comes to automation, of course, because that's one of the automation technologies. And I really wanted to do more in that area. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what brought me uh, towards Roboyo. Um, it's a bit longer story than that, <laughs> because uh, I started together with Susanna uh, in a company called New Innovation that then later became Akoa, that then later became Roboyo. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, it's that and journey. I actually hired you as a developer as well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, that's a fun fact, I yeah, think. Yeah. Oh, I was really pushing that. I was like, oh, I'm very good at development and I know these languages and it's just... How did that interview go? Like, very well, actually. Yeah. I remember it still. Yeah. We were sitting in a... Yeah, 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 oh. yeah I do, of course. Sitting in a, a, an office, which is actually now demolished. Yeah. Oh, right, exactly. okay. oh my God, there was graffiti on the walls. Yeah, and I was yeah. thinking, Jesus, where, where <laughs> am I? Where, am I sure about this? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But that was a long time ago in the beginning. Yeah. Mm. Very good. True. Good stuff. And what about yourself, yeah. Susanna? Yeah, and I, you know, uh, but I want, just wanted to add you to that, you are, because you also work quite globally, right? You've been working in different places as well. As Niall have mentioned, uh, mm-hmm. I've worked in, in Ireland, uh, so maybe a bit of an accent there, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so I have been working uh, in other countries and, and in, around the Nordics as well. So, yeah. yeah, which fits quite well into Roboyo, right? And what we do in that we're working with a global company. It does. So it is one of the does. great advantages. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it's interesting, I suppose, even when you touch on the, the global side of Roboyo, yeah. you know, your, the teams that we have for, for clients are always international teams. And yeah. even the, the working styles can differ within that mm-hmm. as well. So it's uh, yeah. to have the experience, I suppose, of working internationally, it definitely helps, I suppose, in terms of understanding how people work. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. that's one of the things that I really enjoy mm. a lot as well. Just as you said, that we work with very global teams. Mm-hmm. That mm. you really have the possibility also to work with global clients, but also global colleagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, but yeah, mm. if I go by or course, yeah. my my journey, okay, <laughs> you know, I studied industrial engineering and management, so mm-hmm. engineering from from university, and then I I wanted to get my hands dirty a bit and really understand the underlying development and how that works and the underlying technologies because I got really interesting. I had not coded anything before I entered university, but I got really interested um, during a, a couple of courses. I was terrible in the beginning, to be honest. Um, no but, way. <laughs> but it actually, you know, uh, caught my interest. It's very um, uh, creative mm-hmm. uh, to do programming and, and development. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to really, to, to really learn. Uh, so I started as a Java developer uh, during my first years. I'm working also very international mm-hmm. with, with big clients and, and big projects. Um, and then I, um, I actually quite um, early on found, like Cecilia mentioned, in, in, mm-hmm. at that time we were named a new innovation management. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was actually the first employee after the founders. Okay. Uh, back in 2015. No, 2017. Now I need no, to. 16, get, sure. 17, it must have been. 
you know, it says like ages ago, but it's not that long. <laughs> 17, it must have been. So, and I mean, at, at that time, we were, there were three founders mm-hmm. uh, from New Innovation Management. And mm-hmm. then um, we got quite quickly, actually, I think we were eight, just three months after I started. And then, you know, um, expansion were uh, quite heavily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, I've been having very different roles at the company, also developing and, and but uh, also growing our cloud and working with our services, as well as having a role as CTO and CIO uh, within Acoa, which was the, the name of the company after it was rebranded for new innovation management and then CIO at Roboyo. Okay. And now I'm working as a director within intelligent automation engineering, uh, which is a, quite a fluffy title, I know, <laughs> uh, a very long title as well. But what I do is that I work a lot with our new technologies at our customers okay. and um, see how, how they're best implemented and how we work within both, of course, from a sales perspective, but also from a delivery perspective. Okay. And what's your favorite part of, of that role? Because it's, it's nice that you are coming from the developer background. You're now probably more in a, in a commercial role as well. So how do you kind of find balancing both of that? I, I think I, I like the balance of, of both because, you know, um, and once everything starts with sales and it always starts with the first dialogues, uh, you know, with the customers and what mm-hmm. we want to achieve. And I, I really enjoy, you know, solving a specific problem or a need that we have. Yeah. And with the technologies that we currently have, I mean, there are a lot of possibilities and we can, you know, really change the way people work and change the way the client interact with the companies, you know, and change the way how the whole value chain really. And, 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 and of course, in the end, the customer value and that, how that is, what that is and, and how, how we make that, you know, a bigger part of the, of the business as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so having, you know, both an understanding of the technical implementation and how that works and the difficulties, yeah. uh, but of course also the client interactions, the balance I think is, is super interesting and mm-hmm. it's really a, a lot of fun yeah. um, to do that and having both, both legs in one ground, whatever you call it. All the legs on the ground. Brilliant. And just kind of, I suppose, touching on the the dynamic of the teams within Rebio of having, <coughs> you know, the expertise on the engineering side and also on the business side of things. How do you kind of find working together, I suppose, um, obviously in the same region, but um, it's great to be able to kind of come up with solutions for the client with, with two different perspectives. I know that we said that when I started in new innovation, I started as a developer Mm -hmm. and I think it took, what, three months? No, one and a half months. And then uh, I kind of shifted towards the more of the consulting side of things um, because also that was my background, having done a lot of project management and also seeing that, you know, the technical implementation is one thing, but but you still have to have the overall value in exactly. mind, how yeah. to get there, what what are we doing? So I kind of, I quickly transitioned towards that mm-hmm. um, and continues during those years also. I mean, I, I also changed roles a, a couple of times and running the, con- the management consulting part of our, um, of the of the Nordics. That kind of took over for me being the interesting part because, mm-hmm. I mean, technology is, is amazing. And, and like Susanna was saying, you can do so much, you know, and especially it will maybe we'll come into that. But with the new tech that is coming and where the, it's an exponential growth of new technology, I mean, where the sky is the limit. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to 
applications when it comes to processes. I mean, unless they are actually optimized, unless they are, the waste has been deducted and it's actually a, a clever and good process, it doesn't matter what mm -hmm. technology we throw at it. Right, Susanna? Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so that has very much been my focus, I would say, um, to, to really emphasize that. That's what we work a lot with in, within Roboyo, mm -hmm. that, you know, it's not just about the cool technology. It really has to be set up in a good structural way. You need to know what business value you're going to get. And, and you really, really have to look at your processes from all angles. Mm -hmm. That's the fun part. And I suppose mm. that automation journey that we always talk about as well is so mm. important that it can't just be automating one process here and there and everything else is kind of a mess, I suppose, in the background. But it's, I suppose, getting that point across that this is a journey that you're on to have a holistic view of it and then kind of target certain areas then and, and begin to work through um, a journey with the client. Mm. Do you think that having yourselves coming from two different areas and expertise in both areas that that really delivers a lot of value for the client. Mm. Yeah, I think it's crucial to have the both parts, even mm. though, of course, from my point of view, it's, you know, the, the technical implementation is, is, I wouldn't say the fun part, but it's <laughs> the most fun You part. would. Yeah, I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but of course you need, you need everything. You need, mm. and as Cecilia is mentioning as well, especially the business value and having the business value in focus and then the customer value in focus is, is what's really important. And then you need to be able to, uh, to drive the projects um, and not having only the technical implementation in mind, but also having the human focus. Because in the end, that's what ha happening is that, that it's humans that are going to be working with this, right? It's humans who are customers and mm -hmm. humans who are the employees. So we need to have both um, both the parts um, being covered within the projects and then being in the implementations. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, and, and that's what we've seen, the implementations that actually fail is mm -hmm. when we only have the technical um, parts in mind. Mm. So, and there I think we complement each other quite well in that, that, that you're coming more from my point of view, mm. the process side, mm. you know, and, mm. and, and, and having an understanding of, of the process or, yeah. Uh, yeah, of the processes and, and how we do to, to actually um, uh, both improve them, but also really to, to see what, mm. what is the value that we want to bring, uh, mm. and then solving that, uh, with the technical implementation, mm -hmm. that's mm. when, when we really get to see results. Yeah, exactly. And I think one of the important parts, uh, one of the things we've learned during this journey and together it's with the, it's yeah. important, yeah. we yeah. need learnings, um, but it, it is really a journey. I mean, with each client, I think one of the things that I know we've discussed a lot is mm. that, you know, you can have the most perfect process and then you can have the most, most perfect technology and it's all a lovely symbiosis. But processes change, mm -hmm. you know, this is not a one time. OK, now it's all done. Let's all relax. But we have to. It is a journey because there needs to be an element of continuous improvement as well in everything we do. So so having that type of, of process uh, mindset is really what I think. I mean, we've been working a lot on as well in order to make our clients happy mm -hmm. because there has been. And I mean, no, traditionally, you know, you <clears throat> If you look at traditional development, and I'm almost scared of looking at you, Susanna, but, <laughs> but you know, you, you think about how things should be in the six months and you do the first testing and then after one and a half year, you have the application in place and, and then that's what you have. Doing the changes to that is, is arduous. It takes time and it messes up other things. So, you know, in the field where we're in of intelligent automation, where you can 
actually facilitate doing these type of continuous improvements. I think that's uh, mm. also a place where I think we, we think very alike, mm. uh, actually. Mm. And I think I want to challenge you in one thing that you oh. said, mm. that was you always have to have the process <laughs> in mind mm. and, and sure, but I think in the end, and, and like it's always the business value, right? And the customer mm. value, the processes themselves are not so, I'm going to say not so important, but they're not. Because, yeah. you know, if it's so that you implemented, let's say that you implement an application, right? Mm. The processes that are working within the mm -hmm. application is not relevant. It's not that mm. what's actually creating value. It is what's then results that's creating value. So mm. I think that sometimes we're having a maybe a bit too much of a focus of, of talking too much about processes because it's not the processes themselves that are um, the interesting and, and the value creation. Oh, exactly. Actually, I mean, you've got me there. It's it's super true. It's the output of the process. And sometimes, I mean, we've seen this a lot, yep. right? There's so many <clears throat> processes out there. Some of them are documented. Some of them are actually in stone due mm. to the technology, but some of them, many of them are not needed, mm -hmm. right? Yep. But instead, we're facilitating our ways of working around these processes. So mm -hmm. where we should be focusing on the output and the value. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I uh, definitely. Mm. But of course, that mm. also makes it having, let's say, mm. for example, how companies today are, are, are organized is also mm. that we, you know, you're one department who are working mm. where, with your specific exactly. processes oh, and yes. they're very siloed mm. in that way. And that makes also, like, again, I mean, from a customer perspective, you don't care if it's the finance department that is handling something or if it's mm. the... Um, I don't know, the customer success department or yeah. whichever mm. it is, you want to get your value, right? And you want to get the thing that you're calling the company for or what it is mm. that you want to achieve. Yeah. So it's also, I think companies need to think a bit differently also of, of you know, in, in that sense, again, yeah. business value and processes mm. and how to make sure that you actually, you know, the customer gains the value that it wants rather than just... Mm focusing on on the different departments mm. and about that as well when when you discuss about kind of the siloed aspect sometimes within the client how do you mm. find that dialogue with the client when you're explaining about you know that we need to take a more holistic view of it and yeah. not really kind of hone mm. in on one certain process and i suppose a kind of part b to that question as well will be about the the maturity of our clients at the moment and mm. their understanding of automation and and what we do where would you kind of rank that at the moment i would say it's, it, it's very different from different oh. clients it's a lot mm -hmm. easier for in in that sense i think it's easier for smaller clients yeah mm. uh, <clears throat> to have more of a holistic view because it's not that big you know they're not that restricted either may, maybe by budget because often you know it's one department you have one budget and mm -hmm. that's how you operate yeah. mm. It's much easier for the smaller clients actually to have that holistic view then. They can be fast moving in a different way and they're also uh, due to competition. They yeah. have to be fast moving. So mm. often they are the ones at, at the forefront compared to maybe the traditional bigger mm. industries uh, or larger companies. Yeah. If we kind of look at it, I suppose now from the, the Nordic region um, mm. and both of you kind of coming in at the same time um, and or thereabouts <laughs> and I suppose from from where you kind of came in and the landscape that was there now to, to to what it is now I suppose in the journey that you've gone on what would you kind of say are some of the, the key leadership factors I suppose of you being able to to kind of grow that region and um, we'll go into certain specifics of it later on but in terms of the the growth of the region how have you kind of found that journey 
Incredibly fun. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, it's 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 been. I mean, it's been a journey for for us as well, right? So uh, five years. Um, I think uh, where to start. I think what's really worked well for us, and it's been a big part of you know the fun, so to speak, is that. You know, we've always been very innovative. I mean, if we look at Nordics as a region, it's always ranked as one of the most innovative country. Uh, well, yeah, countries um, in the world. Uh, there's a very high maturity when it comes to new technology and, and, and actually adapting and, and using that uh, quite quickly. So being in that environment and, and also for us really trying to be at the forefront and, and working jointly mm-hmm. with clients. I think that has been something that we did from the start and that we're continuously doing that we might not have all the answers when it comes to all the new technology out there, but we, we're very good when it comes to what can be applicable now and then we can guide jointly and do it with the client so that we also mm-hmm. learn together. And I think that approach has been key for us uh, this whole time um, and really developing together with our clients in a sense. Um, I think that has also led to this, to the growth uh, that we're seeing. In terms of the kind of dynamic that you're saying where you're growing with mm. the clients from, from discussing with maybe other regions as well and, and maybe the, the maturity of other clients within those regions, is is that kind of nearly an advantage that you would have in comparison to other regions where you can kind of have those discussions um, regarding the journey with your clients and they're more receptive to it? Or have you found that? I would say... Uh, I'm looking at you, Susanna, but yes, yeah. I, I would actually say that if I look around in the Nordics, like primarily for us, I would say, you know, our biggest market now is Sweden, we're in Denmark, etc. But for all the Nordic countries with Finland and Norway, they're all uh, very early on. If we take RPA six years ago, mm-hmm. that started you know, uh, to come into use straight away. Already now, when it comes to AI, even in our public sector, yeah. that is, is I, I wouldn't say mature, because that's way too soon. But it's really something that you're looking at, you're exper- experimenting with. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's definitely an exciting uh, place to be. In terms of maybe some of the the strategies that you've had in order to increase the the business within the region. Did you kind of point to anything in particular or did you focus in on certain areas initially to kind of to kind of grow or was it quite organic and adapting to, to whatever the client needs were? Both. Yeah, yeah, that, that's the best answer. I think we've always tried to like we were talking about earlier on, you know, what do we want to achieve? What does the client want to achieve? And it could be anything. It could be, um, you know, making sure that the client has the best possible experience when they go into the the client website. That is something that we also can weave our offering around. And then that's where we go in. That's where we analyze. And that's where we see, okay, what would be applicable then? Is it a technology that would make sure that maybe the lead times between the client coming in and, and getting their answer? goes shorter? Is there a conversational AI that would help here? Is there, you know, just looking at maybe the pains to mm-hmm. see what that is and then then applying one out of all the technologies we have in our rucksack as well as methodologies when it comes to, to lean, for example, Six Sigma. That has been our successful strategy, I think, from day one, that we we don't go in and say, you know what, we're focused on RPA or we are focused on low code. No, we are actually focused on creating value for our clients, right? And and understanding where it hurts. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And and following, I think in that sense also, following the clients and seeing what their specific needs are and and Mm. how we can solve those. Mm. That's really what's um, made it successful in the end. Yeah, exactly. And I think another important point as well, and which is normally your favorite topic, Susanna, so I don't know what's <laughs> happening today. But uh, <laughs> what we want, of course, is we, we don't want to go in there and say, you know, we're here now, relax, we'll, we'll take care of it. But but an aim that we have is, of course, that the client themselves need to run this journey. Mm-hmm. They need to, to drive this journey. We're, we're there to help them, to aid them, to guide them. Important parts of this is, of course, the, the maintenance and the support of the solutions, mm-hmm. uh, the continuous improvement of the solutions. And, 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 you know, once you combine these, I think that's uh, mm. um, that's the key yeah. to, to really Now succeed. I see what you wanted to go, maintenance, because I love maintenance. That's yeah, another really thing does. we can talk about. Yeah. Yeah. She really does. Yeah. Is, it, is it concerning <laughs> yeah. how much she likes maintenance or is it... Um, yeah, it's a little bit no, concerning. But, okay. you know, it's also because that's really when you see things are getting results or not mm-hmm. or giving you results that you want to in the end. So mm-hmm. for me, that's really when we can say if a, pro- a project has been successful or not. It's not at the goal life points. It's, it's a year after. It's maybe mm-hmm. two years after. Mm-hmm. Of course, depending on what it is that you've implemented and for how long you wanted it to live. <clears throat> yeah. But it's um, you should never underestimate maintenance and, and, and what's needed in order to, to create something that is actually going to be living for for a long period of time and creating value during all of that time. Yeah, yeah so exactly. And to, yeah. To, oh, sorry, go on. Sorry. No, no. <laughs> I jumped in. No, but also, and I think that was the point I was going to make is that we want the clients to do this themselves. We can guide them in setting up their own um, process for this, their own support and maintenance, because again, it is a, such an important topic. Unless they do it, they will mm-hmm. fail. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, we, we can help them we can do it uh, for them as well. But mm. always having that in the loop, uh, for sure. Mm. Mm. We spoke a bit about learnings earlier. Um, is there any sort of client stories, I suppose, or experiences or, or even internally, I suppose, of, of going through that growth where you were like, yeah, no, that was a that was a moment that, that we really learned from? Oh, I think we have so many. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so many moments that we've learned. Yeah, and lots of things about. Oh, yeah, I, I'm I'm dreading to take certain examples as well in case. <laughs> but uh, I mean, you but, have one. Take one. Yeah, well, I I mean, <clears throat> I would say one of the one of the the first actually examples for me that really made an impact was when we uh, uh, we came in to. Um, a client to to just see, you know, they they done so much themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they were this was ages ago, this was five six years ago, you know, um, and they'd done so much, uh, especially within the fields of RPA, and you know, it was really cool to see, you know, yeah. how much you can do. Um, but also speaking of of support and maintenance, what we did and what where I learned a lot, of course, in this as well was to just kind of okay, so what what has been built. Um, what value does it bring? Um, does it actually work? Uh, what other dependencies are there? What what is what is what's it what is it affecting? You know, mm-hmm. and I think we spent a good amount of time to just really trying to understand what has been built and why, and then actually changing it into something that actually created the value. So it's not you have the technology, you can do amazing things, but unless 
you've thought ahead what you want it to do for you, um, it, it won't succeed. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a interesting project to be in. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah and, to and kind I, of take a step back and, and redo it. Mm. And I think that's a, a quite common outcome, if especially when in, in, in the sense of new technologies mm. and you have people who want to, you know, try things out because it's fun. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you start something because someone is enthusiastic about it. Okay, yeah. Mm. Um, and then in the end, it ends up... Um, You know, it grows bigger and bigger and bigger, but mm. you have forgotten a bit about, you know, having an operating model, thinking about the long-term perspective, seeing how can we, again, how can we work with the business in order to actually achieve something here? And what is it that the business mm. want to achieve? Mm-hmm. Mm. It's not only about implementing the technologies, right? Yeah. Even though technologies are super cool, again, you need to have both aspects of the spectrum, right? In this, yeah. uh, in You can't come with a, a hammer of RPA or conversational no. AI and just decide where am I going to hit the nail in here? Like, so you really need to come in with an open mind. Exactly. Yeah. And always talk, I mean, communication. I think we talk, we never talk enough about the importance of transparency and communication when it comes to to change management. Mm. Because to kind of circle back to what you said before, it's about the people. Yeah. Of course we talk, I talk about processes, you talk about technology. <laughs> and maintenance. <laughs> and maintenance, <laughs> quite a lot. And maintenance. Yeah, all the time. So annoying. <laughs> um, but It's all about the people, obviously, right? I mean, we're transforming the way people work. And unless this has already, uh, if you're about to do a new project or introduce a new technology or or change the way you work, I mean, it has to be communicated. Mm-hmm. So so I, I would say, I mean, for our projects, that is key. But it's so often, you know, you, you really have to focus more on that, I see. Mm-hmm. And when you mention communication, it's... It's important on, on from the client's perspective that yes, that the people that you're kind of discussing with on a day to day understand the importance of it, but that has to trickle down as well to yeah. to the SMEs that are really involved in the process and that trust you really have to build with the client as well, like because they understand that you're coming in to to improve the processes and that it's going to be a long term journey. So to have that good client relationship is just so important for for future for future mm-hmm. work and for a kind of successful long term engagement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I mean, from a from a Roboyo point of view uh, and a Nordic point of view, uh, but maybe I, I do think that this applies everywhere, um, unless we are a partner, you know, mm-hmm. unless we go in and we are at equal terms with our clients and saying, okay, what is your goal? How can we help you achieve the goal? Um, then, you know, we we won't accomplish anything. Um, mm-hmm. I, do, I think that's maybe one of the things that mm-hmm. separates us a little bit. We don't want to just... Uh, go into a client and say, here, you have a, a resource that can build cool things. We, we want to be a partner on their journey, uh, on their digital transformation journey to, to you know, take it up a few, mm-hmm. few levels. Mm. Finally, kind of touching on, on the region and the, the strategy in, in growing it from, from both of you kind of looking at it um, from the top, I suppose, of the Nordic region mm-hmm. and looking to bring in more talent around that. What are some of the kind of things that you're looking for in order to continuously grow the region? Um, and is it, I suppose, the same across the the company in general? Um, do you mean talent-wise or...? or uh, yeah, I suppose just, talent-wise, uh, either in terms of the, the personnel and the skills that you need, maybe that might mm. be different to other regions, or is it is it quite the same across the board? Just because, you know, we... On, on one of the last mm. episodes, we spoke with Manu about kind of nurturing talent within the company. Mm. Um, and... Mm. 
I know that we kind of brought in the graduate program recently and, you know, that they're going to have a chance to go around to the different regions as well and mm. to kind of understand the different dynamics within those regions. And mm. I suppose to continuously grow the region and I suppose the company in general, is there anything that we're kind of looking for in general? Mm. And the graduate program had their first stop in Stockholm, actually. Of course, now. yeah. Where yeah, else yeah, would yeah, they yeah, start? The onboarding was in Stockholm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's <laughs> amazing. Showing Nordics. But yeah, and I think, of course... Um, um, we're looking for people who are on both ends, you know, both mm-hmm. business that has business experience, but also, of course, technology and, 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 and implementation or development experience. That's mm-hmm. important for us. Um, mm-hmm. When in again competencies and, and maybe it's a lot more, you know, about a culture fit as well. Um, if there's, you know, we're looking for people who are, in, of course, interested in, in, in the topics that we're working with, yeah. but also are interested mm-hmm. in working with clients and, and uh, are interested in their processes, their challenges, their, um, you know, opportunities that they're facing. That's mm-hmm. also really important for us. Mm. And I would say as well, uh, speaking of innovation, uh, I think that type of mindset, as you said, being very curious uh, Mm. about what's out there and what can be done with what is out there, because looking at the business we're in, uh, of course, there are. I mean, if we talk about RPA or low code, it's been around for 10 and 20 years, you know, so it's not Mm. it's not new in a sense. But what we see now is that there's so much happening, right? Yeah. So we need, I mean, in order to work with this, it's its not, you need to have, mm. you need to be very inquisitive and, and not be afraid of movement and change mm-hmm. because it isn't clear cut anymore. Every situation that you will encounter when you work with processes or, or technology, you know, and when you're with the client with a specific problem will need you to, to, to really try and, and and use an innovative approach. So, uh, mm. yeah, it's not uh, um, to be a curious person yeah, um, yeah. in regards to tech and what can be done, definitely important. Very good. I think that leads us nicely on mm. w- when you talk about, I suppose, the ever-changing environment of technologies and, and what's coming up in the future. Mm. From from being at the forefront of it, from a, from a Robio perspective and, and also working with the clients on, on a daily basis and looking at the landscape in general, are there some kind of key trends that you feel are are very important in the space of intelligent automation that will be upcoming? Um, and I suppose from a, from a global perspective. There are quite a few. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I think before going into the one, I guess that everyone are, are thinking is the obvious one. <laughs> I think it's also... Maintenance. Don't say it. <laughs> yeah. Maintenance of trends. Finally. That's the last time I said it. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> I was saving that for last. <laughs> so no, but, but I think it, it's, um, um, again, it's been spoken about for quite a few years, but I think mm. still, I mean, transparency of technical solutions to the business users and people who are using it. Mm-hmm. So uh, really much putting the people in the front seat and mm. making sure that everyone, or everyone, but the people who have implementations completed, that they're aware of what's happening. I think that's really, and that's a trend that has been discussed for, for, for quite a few years that's still mm-hmm. going to be there because it, when we add technologies, of course, it's going to be even more important. And we're saying that our lives are even more digital than we need to have an understanding of, of, of what's happening right yeah. um again i think it, ai generative ai and all the things that are coming with that um is is gonna 
you know, change the way what work. So Microsoft had just released a co-pilot, mm -hmm. uh, which is also, of course, probably going to affect, you know, or is going to affect the mm -hmm. way that we work and the way that we, we communicate among mm -hmm. each other. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there are lots of other things that are going to come uh, on that space. I think for yeah. me personally, it's going to be super interesting to see what quantum computing is also going to make. Mm -hmm. And that's a couple of years um, that, uh, until that's going to be stable, yeah. of course, because it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, then again, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it goes much quicker than we think, it, right? It, yeah, uh, it does, probably. So, mm -hmm. But that, I think, also is going to affect quite a lot. Um, yeah. Yeah. But well, then again, and, and yeah. also I think a, a hot topic, of course, is going to be the ethical aspects. Yeah. Right. Mm. Within the implementation, this project, and and we are also, yeah. and we're also having these topics on yeah. the table all the time in our mm. implementations, right? Because, because it is an ethical aspect within it, and how do we make sure um, that the things that we build uh, to our clients, of course, and then if we're working with government agencies that we do or public sector, how do we make sure that everything is handled in an ethical way? Mm -hmm. And how have you mm. found those conversations that you've had with clients around that and? What are some of their concerns, I suppose? If I'm honest, I think that um, sometimes we should maybe question more than what we're doing. Now, I'm very, maybe very transparent in that. But I think that many people are thinking that I'm just doing a conversational AI implementation. So that's nothing. Yeah. But it actually mm. has quite a lot of effects as well. Um, and, and there are choices that you make in that that it actually has a real impact, you know. So I think sometimes we are maybe minimizing yeah. uh, the specific implementation that we're doing and not seeing that from the fuller perspective or the, or the more holistic view in, in what implications it can have. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, um, but of course there mm -hmm. are discussions also with the clients that are, are very, you know, informed about this and an understanding of, of what it is that that's necessary. And, and, and it's all everything when it comes to, you know, how in, in what processes do you implement some type of, of machine learning algorithms, for example? Yeah. How do you make sure that the algorithms are, are working in a good way? And then one topic that we haven't touched either, which I think we mm. should touch is, of course, data mm -hmm. and data oh. handling, because uh, everything comes down to data. Um, and, and the quality of the data and, and making sure, and, and that's where, again, the ethical aspect starts, you know, mm -hmm. it's making sure that we, when we uh, select the data, uh, that we select it in, 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 in an informative way and, 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 and uh, trans or in a, you know, thought through mm -hmm. way mm -hmm. as well. So data handling is going to be, uh, and is, of course, still, but mm -hmm. it, and it's going to be even more important uh, moving forward. Yeah, exactly. And I think in everything that we do, that is one of the first aspects we we think about and we look at having that in mind in mm -hmm. any project, no matter the technology these days, you might set up, set yourself up for failure later on. So that's really, that's really going through everything um, at the moment. Yeah, I think um, it's a good point on the on the data as well. I want to come back mm. to the quantum computing as well because I'm intrigued about that just from yeah. your own your own knowledge of it. Um, but in terms of yeah, the, the data, it really is the underpins everything, I mm. suppose, when we're looking to implement certain technologies because you go into a client and they all have their data sorted in a different way, um, and it's never going to be the mm. same either oh, way. So you really need to yeah, <laughs> so you really need to have that um, initial mm. kind of 
conversation with them and outline the reason for this and the importance of it for the automation journey in general because you're only going to continuously run into problems if, mm -hmm. if it's not kind of started at the start mm. um but yeah touching on mm. some of the trends that you were you were talking about um i'm not going to put you on the spot in terms of like defining it please do but um <laughs> just in terms of like the impact or, or maybe for for a company like ourselves to be able to bring that in as a as a solution how do you kind of see that happening over the next few years? Uh, which one of them? Everything or, uh, you know, or, or whatever one you want to discuss. <laughs> yeah, everyone. No, but <laughs> maintenance, we haven't touched on yeah. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I should never forget maintenance. Mm. But, um, uh, but as a company, um, I think we're working in all of those aspects and we, well, you know, one says we have to work on all of those aspects as well. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it's important, again, for, for the customers and the, and the business value, it's important to have all of those aspects in mind when it comes to transparency, you know, of what's happening within the, the technologies, when it comes to data handling, yeah. uh, when it comes to, um, again, AI and what we're doing there, when it comes to our... No, if we're implementing machine learning, so if we're doing chatbots or, or whatever type of project that we're doing, mm -hmm. um, then that's also something that we're very much involved with uh, yeah. within our clients. Um, but it's also, you know, we as a company, we're always trying to be at the forefront as well. And, yeah. and we need to be at the forefront to see what what's happening around us and what is it that we actually can bring in and bring to the table to our clients mm -hmm. uh, in order to, again, achieve the mm -hmm. best business value and, and really see what we can do to solve the problems because yeah. you know the solution that we had five years ago are not the same solutions that we're currently having and it's probably not going to be the same solutions exactly. that we're doing in five yeah, years yeah. ahead so like we always talk about our our clients to be adaptable but it's the exact same for ourselves yeah. i suppose mm -hmm. in terms of yes you can you need to be able to deliver the projects you're currently working on you need to yeah. look for new opportunities but on the technology front you have to keep up to date with it. Yeah. And, um, and that goes back to the question regarding the talents, right? Mm -hmm. And what we're looking at, because yeah. this is an important aspect. If you, if you start working with us, is that we're not going to be a company where we sit down and then we say, no, we're done. You know, yeah. we know these technologies. Uh, we can't because mm -hmm. things are changing all the time. Yeah. So you need to be a bit of an innovative and, um, yeah, work, work with this all the time. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, one interesting point as well, I think, is that we do get a lot of questions in regards to to AI and how to interact and how to um, focus going forward as a company with, with these type of new technologies. Yeah. And I think that is an area that I am sure will grow. And I know that we've discussed this a lot on how how can we actually help each individual client in the best type of way and that there is actually a need for both from the ethical aspect, but also from the long term as business value aspect in regards to AI that, that each client need to, to really address and mm -hmm. they need to address it now. And that's mm. something also that we more from our, our guiding point of view uh, package that we're looking at to really more formalize because this is definitely a need. Um, mm. We see a lot of clients that go out there and, and test, which is amazing. We love that. We love the innovative approach. But sometimes the structure of what they actually want to achieve is not always there. So that's something that we are working on um, mm -hmm. to do more within. And then it goes down, of course, to the strategy as well, right? What type of strategies that you have within the company when it comes to these types of questions? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How, how do you as a company want to address these topics, right? How yeah. can you make sure that this part of, of your daily business and not just something that someone that is very enthusiastic, you know, exactly. is, is working yeah. with? Because mm. um, this is going to change 
the way we work. Is this going to change the way that the customers? Yeah, it know? already has. And to be fair, right? I mean, yeah, you sure. see it everywhere. Um, Jojo mm. and, and the customers, customers, you know, and, <laughs> oh, again, yeah. are also going to, you know, change the way that they want to interact or the way that they want to have information um, about the product that they purchased or whatever mm. it is, you know. Exactly. And so, I think, you know, we, we talk about the the clients being, you know, being able to, to be ready for the change, I suppose, but it's mm. kind of a... We need to look internally as well at our own processes and you see how these technologies have have changed the way we work, but also internally for ourselves, how, mm. how it's changed and um, us continuously improving our own operations so that we can provide the best for the clients as well. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I think what what we kind of touched on throughout the podcast is the kind of the different angles that we come from as as a team and as project teams for our clients. And it kind of is nearly a USP for a boyo in a way where because we're able to, to work on that, we're constantly staying, you know, in touch with the technology so that we can provide the best solution for, for the clients. So, yeah. um, yeah, it's definitely something that we need to continuously do and continuously improve on, hmm. um, as, as we touched on before. But no, I think it's, uh, obviously a really interesting space constantly evolving. So need to yeah. keep at it. Thanks very much. Really appreciate it. Uh, thank Thanks you so much for coming you. on.